Welcome to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, holistic health coach, clinical herbalist, and functional medicine pharmacist, or just holistic pharmacist for short. Whether you're a healthcare professional helping to support the health of your clients or going through your personal healing journey, I believe you will find yourself right at home with this podcast. My co-hosts and I will be merging the scientific with the holistic all season long, as well as sharing stories that will touch your heart and challenge your mind. Please enjoy the show. Hi there, and welcome to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I'm Dr. Jenna Carmichael. This is our special journal club edition. And today I'm here with Angela Orr of Angela Orr Consulting. And we're going to talk about heart math. And if you haven't heard about heart math, we're going to talk all about it. But it's a really great, interesting technique that is really useful for helping providers and patients as well. So I'm really excited to talk with you today, Angela. Um, I know from my own personal experience working in the holistic space that a lot of us have come from traditional healthcare into the holistic space. So why don't you give us a little bit about kind of how you came to where you are now, a little bit about yourself. We'd love to hear it. Thank you so much. And I am so honored to be here, Jenna. Thank you for inviting me on. I love to share this information because I, I think that it is so helpful and useful. I am a traditional pharmacist as far as being in community practice for most of my career, which has been, believe it or not, 37 years this year, I've been a pharmacist. Um, so a long time in, um, and I've always been a serial entrepreneur, so I've done a lot of different things during my career. I've owned and operated two pharmacies for 15 years. But back in 2012-13, like you said, we all have a story. Back in 2012-13, I was diagnosed and treated for breast cancer. And if from the outside looking in, you would think, oh, she had everything, two pharmacies, a lot of friends, family, but stress was killing me. Stress was literally killing me. I ended up with uh, morbid obesity. I feel like I was a probably a functional alcoholic and now breast cancer. So I started on a journey. I've always been on a journey of self-development or self-awareness. You know, back in the day, I did landmark education, which those of you who may remember that kind of thing. But um, so I've always been open to that. <clears throat> and after I was successfully treated for what my uh, oncologist said was a, or surgeon said was a, a boring case, <laughs> which is a good time to be, actually, she said uninteresting. So it's a good time to be uninteresting. And I started on this healing journey of not only I said, cause life would never be the same after that. You know, when you, something like that happens to you, you look at most people will stop and think, okay, what what's going on here? What can I do differently? And life is just not the same. I knew deep down inside that I would be fine, but I also knew I couldn't keep going the way that I lived previously. So during that journey, I <clears throat> have done a lot of different things, a lot of different paths. And where I ended up, I sold my, I got the courage to sell the two pharmacies because that was pharmacy ownership was just not the same. And um, I had had them a long time and I didn't have models where I could incorporate some other things that are now available to independent pharmacies. Um, and I sold them. I and I said, you know, I've got to find a way to be able to heal myself without 
popping pills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so because I believe in medication and pills, but not as the first line, especially when it comes to stress. Um, so during my journey, I've ended up being a certified heart math practitioner, certified life coach, and I'm also a certified stress and well-being assessment provider with heart math. So what I have found during this journey is that the heart math techniques and the heart math modality has changed my life. And I, I don't know a lot about heart math. I think, you know, that I've heard about heart math through you and the different times that we have chatted and I've looked into it a little bit. And I think that as a tool in a tool belt of many tools that I think that it is a really interesting thought process because it incorporates a lot of the things that I also have personally found very useful and that's meditative breathing techniques and just meditation in general, calming the brain down and just being in the moment and being mindful can be really, 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 really useful. (laughs) Yeah. And I think not just useful, but I like to say woo woo works because some people would think of this kind of thing in the, in the past, maybe I think the pandemic changed a lot of things uh, and had people more open-minded But in the past, people might have thought of it as woo-woo or out there or whatever. But what is interesting is that it's all Mm science-based. And that's what I like to say. Woo-woo works because it's science-based. And with heart math uh, and with so many of these modalities, well, with heart math in particular, there's almost 400 published studies and articles about how the tools and techniques that they use and teach biologically and chemically can change your internal state, which can change your external state. And so HeartMath is an organization out of Northern California that has been around for several decades. And they, their um, founder uh, and what they, have, what they have developed and what they promote to the world is that when you can get into a state of heart and mind coherence, you can actually change, as I said, your biology and physio- physiology to be in a, um, to really change your, from disease, because um, you can change from disease. So the interesting thing about heart math is that you can, what they have proven, proven site, um, so what heart math has really proven to me through the studies and through what they've done is that through these simple yet profound techniques and technology that they have, that you can actually help to heal yourself at an epigenetic level. So I'd like to go into that. Or do you yeah, have, I think that, I think that that's the important thing. Right. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, when we talk about lifestyle interventions, which this is a lifestyle intervention and, Absolutely. you know, getting a better handle on, you know, when we, t- when, um, in the meditation world, we call it the monkey mind, right. It's all of the things that are popping around inside your head and by kind of 
not necessarily tamping those down, but organizing Mm -hmm. those thoughts and pushing them aside and understanding that's a mental muscle that we're exercising here. And so by, you know, doing this heart and mind connection, that's also a muscle. And that's also an exercise that as time continues, it's easier to do. It becomes more integrated into your everyday life. And I think that that's the thing. And I love that they have research, right? Because now we're seeing that it's not just the monks who meditate all day long that are getting the benefits from this. It's simple amount of time. How much time a day are we talking about when we're talking about heart math um, techniques? their, Their studies have shown that 15 minutes a day, and it doesn't even have to be contiguous. And that's amazing, right? In our time, in our time-fueled society that is like, I don't have time to do this. 15 minutes, that's nothing. And if you did it five minutes a day, three times a day, that's very easy to integrate into a busy schedule of any nature. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what's really critical for people is to take that time because like you said, 15 minutes. And, and again, it's shown that, but it's consistency also because what HeartMath has shown is that with consistent practice, you get an additive effect. So one-on-one is not two, one-on-one can be three because what happens is you have a baseline of resiliency or emotional intelligence, as I like to say. And what you're doing is you're increasing that baseline each time that you do this. So as far as healing at an epigenetic level, so everybody knows about genes. Most people know about epigenetics. So epigenetic, so genes are what you're born with. They're just protein making machines in your body. So your genes make proteins to, uh, for stress, you know, they come out not stress to make hormones, to make, you know, different proteins in your body. And what happens is your environment turns that gene on or off. So your environment can be toxins, food, good food or bad food, water, alcohol, um, the, the, what you breathe in. But one of the biggest contributors to turning genes on and off is perception, is your thoughts. And more importantly, your perceptions, because you have thoughts and you see things, but then you interpret it and you have a perception about something. And I like to, um, and drugs actually turn genes on and off. That's what drugs do. So if drugs can do it, you know, the whole premise of this is why can't you do it in a lot of situations? Maybe not every, uh, like I said, I do believe in medications for certain things, but you know, like for stress reduction, um, better sleep, you know, so many of the different things, uh, controlling cravings, you know, a lot of that you can do through really your thoughts and your perceptions. Um, and I, I think that that is one of the things that, you know, with my traditional pharmacy training, I think that that's something that I've had to learn 
outside of that. Right. And I think that that's something, and I know that you're a big Joe Dispenza fan as well. And this whole idea of like quantum physics and, you know, on a quantum level, you know, everything is just a molecule. And so can a thought be a molecule just as much as a drug is a molecule? A hundred percent. And can that same thought activate a pathway that a drug can activate? A hundred percent. And so when we're thinking about it from that level, then when we're also talking about, well, if I get my thinking better controlled and I'm not constantly putting myself down or being anxious about a certain situation or ruminating about whatnot, you know, it's like all of those things do impact our health. And I think we're finally, finally seeing that as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's a really great book out uh, by Bruce Lipton, and it's called The Biology of Belief. And he is a stem, he started working with stem cells like back in the 70s, 60s and 70s. And also he really was at the forefront of this epigenetic exploration, as you will. So that would be something really interesting for people if they want to, you know, know more. But what is, um, so what HeartMath talks about as far as the science is based and as far as like what you just said, what has been studied is that when, so we like to say people have depleting thoughts and they have regenerating thoughts versus positive and negative, because a lot of people get triggered by those words. You know, they say, I'm not negative. That's not a negative thought. So, but if you think about the word depleting, how does that, those thoughts make you feel anger, frustration, um, jealousy, you know, anxious, you know, worry, all those, it really depletes you and it depletes your energy, regenerating thoughts, joy, happiness, even neutrality, you know, you can feel more, um, renewed, you know, so it's really, um, it, it goes back to how, how does it make you feel? But more than that, when you, it's, it, it is scientifically proven when you have a lot of depleting thoughts. So you're stuck in your head, you're thinking over and over and over. We have like 65,000 thoughts a day, about 85, probably actually 90 to 95% are the same thoughts as yesterday. So, you know, you're thinking the same thoughts over and over, ruminating about the mistake you made or the person you didn't call or how, you know, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. And that in turn in your biology increases your cortisol levels. So we all need cortisol and as pharmacists, we know what cortisol is and what it does. But when you have an overproduction of cortisol, it can negatively affect so much of your body. And it's thought that most chronic diseases, one and one of the contributing factors is an overproduction of cortisol and an increase in inflammation in your body. If you can shift to neutral or regenerating thoughts, you know, you can't go from frustration and, and anger to bliss and joy, but you can go to less angry you can go to less frustration. You can go to neutral, then work your way up. And that's what I love about heart math too, is, you know, it's about these incremental changes, but again, it's that consistency of doing the practices every day. And when you decrease your cortisol or overproduction of cortisol, you can actually increase things like DHEA, which is a precursor of the happy molecule, which is a precursor to a lot of different, um, uh, you go from hormones of stress 
to hormones of bliss <laughs> is what I like to say. Um, you know, in the, when we back in the ages, when we, you know, if you think of like a, when we would run from predators, you know, you'd get this rush of cortisol um, because you needed it to go, you know, to give you the strength and to give you the, the ability to run away. So if you think about like a zebra and a gazelle, so a zebra sees a gazelle, it runs away, you know, it, it all of its uh, energy is going towards all of its limbs so it can run and get away. So it has no energy left for creativity, for compassion, love, joy. You're, it's not thinking about that. It's just trying to get away. Then when it gets away and it's grazing in the pasture, you know, it, it, the cortisol goes down and it goes back to normal and it eats, it can digest, it, you know, can love, you know, look at its little, little zebra cub and say, oh, I love you, you know. But what happens is in today's world, we're always running from the gazelle. Mm-hmm. Your boss comes in the room, he's the gazelle. Your mother-in-law calls, she's the gazelle. Your, you know, your past mistakes are your gazelle. So you're always operating at this higher frequency of panic almost. And that goes into the breathing because then most people very shallow breathe and don't really oxygenate their body. And what happens also is that your the two um, sides of the sympathetic nervous system or autonomic nervous system, the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system are way out of balance. Mm-hmm. That fight or flight kicks in, but it stays kicked in. And what to me, heart math helps people to do is to regulate those and get them into synchronicity. And I think that's what I think is really unique about the application because they also have a device. And I think that having a device when we're talking about patients and, and people in general, right? I mean, these are, this is useful just as much for you and me as it is for patients. But I also think that when you can see it, when you can see the thing working, when you can see that you're in the level, it's almost like a video game. It kind of makes it fun. And I think that that also is really important to the success of this because it actually makes it something that people want to do to continue to have that for that length of time to get that, you know, we need that consistency as well. Absolutely. And it almost kind of gamifies it. Uh, so with heart math, as I said, they have simple techniques and a profound technology and the techniques, uh, there's a lot of information on heartmath.org. There's two sides of HeartMath. Heart, heartmath.org, a lot of resources, and then heartmath.com. And on .com, there's a lot of the training, like for practitioners. I'm a certified practitioner, as I said. Um, so certainly you can go to HeartMath or you can contact me. You know, I'd be glad. I love to share this. But so there's the simple um techniques, which are all about different breathing. And it's all about heart-centered breathing and there are specific ways. And it seems very simple, but if you really, um, when you pay, really pay attention and, and practice the techniques is very profound. And the technology is something that rate, rates and measures your heart rate variability. So your heart rate variability, think of it as what it is, is basically it's, um, the naturally occurring um, beats, beat to beat variation in your heart. 
And what's interesting about it is that the heart rate variability is actually considered very, a very important biological marker for health, um, for biological aging. So there's a whole science and it would take me hours to explain it. And I'm not going to do that here. Just trust me because as a pharmacist for 37 years, I always go and study things uh, to make sure that what I'm saying is correct. And it's also on their website. So you can, you know, get it from there. But with the um, measuring of it, as you said, Jenna, you, we actually have a device, which is very simple. It's a very simple device. Can you see it? Yep. And so for those of you who are listening on, um, on the podcast, um, we also have this podcast as a um, YouTube video. And so um, check out the YouTube video to sh- um, take a, a look at what the actual device is. And we'll also have a link to where you can look at that in the show notes as well. Absolutely. So basically it's just a very, so this is one, so they have different devices. This one is the one that a lot of people use because it's very portable and it connects Bluetooth to your phone. It actually doesn't connect to your phone. It connects to the app that you download for free and um, to go with this and it measures. So you wear it. So one end of it has an ear clip. So you put it on either ear. The other end of it is just the on off button, basically. So you pair it up with the, with the app and, and, and so many of us are used to apps and used to looking at things. So it really helps you. It's, it can be considered a, um, you know, something that is a uh, biofeedback type of device, uh, but it's very, the technology in here is beyond what many other heart rate variability uh, devices measure. And again, the science of it is very extended. And what it does, it, say you wear it for your a 15 minute session, it will measure in real time that heart rate variability. So it'll show you if you're in a coherent state, if you're in a moderate state, or if you're out of coherence. Now, coherence is really established. The heart sends more information to the brain through the vagal nerve than the brain sends to the heart. A lot of people think it's backwards, but so much of what science has proven is that is in our heart that so many of our thoughts, like intuitively, sometimes don't you know something in your heart before your brain knows it? And, and so that intuitiveness of the heart, that's what we're really kind of tapping into and the intelligence of the heart because your heart beats and keeps you alive without you even asking it to. And it keeps, you know, where would you be without your heart? So with this device, it's really nice because you can measure it. And it's, you know, you get certain, so many points for being in coherence for a certain amount of time. And so they suggest a a minimum of 300 a day points. Um, There's four different levels. So there's a lot of, you know, variations with it. It's not boring at all. Some people keep it on and they'll, it'll beep when you go out of coherence or beep when you go in coherence. I get a little distracted. So I turn all that off and I just close my eyes and do my, do my meditation or do my breathing. And then it is what it is. And I'll look at it after, but I've noticed that over time. And I can tell when I have a really tough time, um, look, be getting into coherence because I've got a lot on my mind or I'm thinking about something. It shows, it shows it's like, okay, I know what that is. And what this does is it helps me to kind of redirect those thoughts just to go, 
you know, meditation is, it is really all about becoming aware of your thoughts. So thinking about what you're thinking about and then making a choice. Mindfulness is then making a choice of what you want to think about. And we do have that choice. A lot of people think you don't, but you do. Just like you have a choice to me a lot of times of being happy or not. And what, 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 what do you want? A lot of people think of that a lot of the, the mental illnesses out there, and I'm not talking true mental health. And again, I am not advocating to go off medication, not see your doctor. You certainly should do that while exploring potentially other things. And there was just a huge study that came out last week, I think in the last two weeks that is disputing that depression is a cause by um, is caused by a chemical imbalance. I don't know if you saw that. Mm, no, I haven't seen that. I, I'm going to be posting that because it was from a big journal and it is, it's a, it was a huge, huge in the mental health area, a huge, um, now, uh, you know, discovery as you will. Yeah. Well, and I think that that kind of talks to about, you know, we talked about this as a tool, right? A tool in your arsenal of many, many tools. And, and the thing that I think is so interesting too, is that yes, your heart beats for you all the time, 24 seven, but your breath, you both have control over it and not control over it. And through that mindful breathing techniques, then that has control over your heart and your heart rate. And so how that brain and heart connection through the breath, I think is also really nice to see and to see it then, you know, correlating on an app to give you the good brownie points and to give you the one-ups, you know, I think that feel good, (laughs) right. You know, because in the short term, that's what people need to continue a habit, right? You know, we know that these sorts of things are habits. And once we integrate them into your life, then once you don't do it for a little while, then you realize all of the amazing benefits that it gives you. But until that happens, integrating it into your day-to-day can be somewhat hard, particularly if your life's not built around meditation or coherence or breathing for us in general, right? And so- Anything that we can do to make this more fun, I think is really nice. Um, And so the company does make this one that um, connects to a, through the Bluetooth to your phone, but they also make devices that I, as a pharmacy or pharmacy owner, or as a coach or somebody that had a brick and mortar, they could also use this for patients as well. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, So a patient would purchase one for themselves. Uh, They're not terribly expensive. They're under $200. Uh, There are devices that people use in their practices. um, If patients or um, clients come into the office, you have one that you can use for multiple patients. But the nice thing as a coach or as a practitioner is that when somebody purchases the device, they start using it, they set up a heart cloud account which is of course included in the price. There's no charge for that. And what's really cool, like I said, is that the technology is in the the app. So it doesn't matter what the phone does, the app is always updated with the technology. So it's not like you have to download a new app or anything like that. But um, that client or patient can actually give you, you can give you a code so you can look at their results. 
So I have a dashboard with all my clients on my, I, I bought, when you become a practitioner, you buy a software so that you have access to a dashboard, you know, and, and I can actually pull up any, any client and I can see, are they doing it or not? <laughs> Sometimes people just need that help to make it a habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can also see how their results are and then coach them and help them to get better results. Right. I think that accountability is also nice too. You know, I think as a wellness professional, sometimes, you know, people, they want to take a pill or they want something to be fast and easy. But what we really know is the things that work for the long haul are those changes in habits and behaviors that incrementally allow people to see that it actually works (laughs) and that there is a reason to do these things. But, and I think it's nice to have that accountability because sometimes, you know, people are like, Hey, you told me to do these things and it didn't work. Well, but are you actually doing that? Because here on the app, you know, you're not doing your 15 minutes a day. And, and to be honest, 15 minutes a day is low hanging fruit here. That is a really baseline, easy, something for somebody to do. I like that low hanging fruit. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm going to use that. And if somebody doesn't have 15 minutes a day, I tell them, well, you need to do it 30 then. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. Exactly. And, exactly. I, and I think people will be amazed even using the heart math techniques, doing them consistently and really intentionally, you would be amazed at the difference that it makes in a short amount of time, you know, maybe long term changes and long-term effects are still there, but even in a short amount of time, I mean, I had a a client recently who actually went off of her insulin. Wow. Because of the the work that we did together, which a majority of it was the, um, was, was the, the heart math. And then, you know, I also do other things like EFT and stuff, but but, but yeah, I've had patients go off, not go on antidepressants, not go on things and, and, and just be able to really, the, the, her nutritionist said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm regulating my, mm-hmm. my, my stress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and since this is journal club, you did send me one of the 400 resources that Matt HeartMath does have. And of course, because we both have a link in cancer, it's a cancer related study. And so this, um, this study looked at symptom management among cancer survivors. It was a randomized pilot intervention trial of heart rate variability and feedback. So basically utilizing the HeartMath application and software in cancer survivors. And, you know, and I think the other thing that I thought was interesting too, though, from this study was, you know, they looked at things like stress, of course, but distress, you know, when we have a, a diagnosis that potentially could kill us, cancer diet, you know, diabetes is one of those. I think a lot of people don't necessarily associate that with, but it definitely can be, you know, and that causes distress, um, fatigue, PTSD, depression, Um, And they also found things like, you know, better sleep and other things like that. And so it's not just, okay, you're having a better way of functioning in the world without all of the stress and you're, you know, you're from an epigenetic level helping yourself, but also all of these markers of just general wellness, getting better sleep, being able to just function better in your life because you're not so foggy because your brain's not full of stuff. 
that's right, just bogging right. you down all the time. That that clarity. So to me, what the heart math, you know, all of the science and all of the background is great. But the important thing is, what does it do for me? Is what most people will say. Of course. And you know, to me, what I've done personally myself, besides with clients, is so it's been a decade since almost my diagnosis and treatment and what has done what it has done for me in the last two years specifically was I put well actually two and a half years um I put down the alcohol I don't need to I don't need it to function I am working with my relationship with food by being mindful I released 50 pounds this year I've already had lost some so I get better sleep I look better I'm anti-aging I feel like I look younger now than 10 years ago, you know, um, I can, I still have problems. Everybody does. I still have triggers, but I don't react to them the same. I don't have the inflammation in my body. You know, before I, sometimes I could hardly get my reins on, or I could hardly walk because my knee hurts so bad. Obesity. Yes. But also inflammation. Mm -hmm. Uh, My A1C went from like nine point something. I'm down to almost, almost, uh, six, nine is just amazing. And I attribute all of that to the practices that I do. I have clarity. I have energy, you know, I have energy. Uh, I have clarity. I can make better decisions. I feel I can make quicker decisions because instead of ruminating over and over again, I can just make a decision. If it's not the right thing at the time, then I know I can change it. But that kind of thought would maybe not have been there before. And I think too, when you have that clarity, you also have then that chance to really decide, you know, what are my values here? And is this decision within that? And by doing that, that's what I found with clients for empowered decision-making is once we know what those values are, then those decisions are easier because you're not having to figure out, is this thing important to me or not? Because you already know. And so is this in line with what I want or is this not? It's a very easy decision. And it's very easy now for me to really not, so no is a complete sentence. 100%. I don't have to say yes to everybody because I need to be liked uh, or I just crave that love or that um, I just crave something that not being whole. Joe Dispenza has a really great line and I love it. Most people go to his work and Joe Dispenza is somebody who, if you don't know, look him up. He's really amazing. And he actually, a lot of um, the people at HeartMath in the science department, like the head of the scientific community in HeartMath are also on Joe Dispenza's um, uh, team of researchers. Mm. He, he does a lot of the quantum field, a lot of this work, and he's very scientific. So he believes that science is the new word, you know, science is really, people need to know why this kind of stuff happens. He had a miraculous or spontaneous healing and you can read a story, but he wanted to know why. And now he's teaching others to do that. So, so heart math and Joe Dispenza are very intertwined also, but his saying is most people come to his work uh, because they want to uh, heal themselves. They want to feel better. They want to manifest abundance. They want more money. They want a better job. They want better relationships. They want to have a mystical experience. 
et cetera, et cetera. But really what most people want is to feel whole mm-hmm. and complete because so many of us don't feel that way for whatever reason. You know, nobody tried to make us feel that way. But I think in our human experience, that's just what happens is to me, that human experience is going through that and then peeling out off the layers and remembering who you really are. So, and this helps me to do that. And I think it's helped my clients to do that. That's wonderful. I, I have so enjoyed our conversation today. Um, for anybody who is interested in Angela in her work in heart math, we'll have, um, links in the show notes for you as well. Um, and thank you again, Angela, so much for your wisdom on heart math. Um, I think it's such, it's such a really cool technology to incorporate into something that's really old, (laughs) this idea of meditation, this meditative mind. And, and I think that it's, could be really useful for practitioners to help incorporate into their pharmacies or their practices as well. And so any last kind of words of wisdom that you'd like to end the show with today? The journey is not A to B in a straight line. The journey is always fraught with ups and downs and over here and over there and going, whether it be a journey of health, a journey of business, a journey of relationships, no matter what it is. And the important thing that I had forgotten so many times along the way that I don't anymore, I shouldn't say don't, in general, I try not to, is to enjoy the journey. Because that really is what, to me, life is about, is enjoying that journey, discovering who I really am, and showing up that way in the world. So enjoy the journey. It is not a destination. I want to be at my destination when I die, which is a couple decades. (laughs) I want to enjoy the journey and enjoy the moment. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Angela of Angela or consulting. I'm Dr. Jenna Carmichael of Wobbly Arrow Wellness. This is the holistic pharmacy podcast journal club edition. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you learned something new from it, I'd love if you could leave us a five-star review and share it with a friend who might love it too. You can find me on any of the podcast and social media platforms by looking up Holistic Pharmacist or Dr. Marina Booksov. Thank you for your support and see you next time.